0: confidence because praise the lord why don't we give god a just a hand clap of praise for a minute Amen. magnify him and lift him up he's worthy come on let's just praise him for a second thank you jesus thank you for your goodness god thank you for your mercy god thank you for your power and for your spirit today We give you praise, Lord, in this place for all that you will do. God, we know we've already felt your presence, God, but we know your presence has not left this place, but your presence is here now, God, to touch each and every one of us, God. Hallelujah! In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you'd stand with me for the reading of the word, I'm going to take you to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we'll start there. A very familiar story, and here we go. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Verse 33. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. I feel the Holy Ghost. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou would comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. then Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied this day. For the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day under the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass, when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone, stone sunk into his forehead and he fell face to the earth. Amen. That's the word of God. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Jesus, that you are here. We thank you for your presence, God. We feel in this place, God. And we know that you're going to speak to our hearts this morning, God. I pray that we respond in kind to the word of God. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise and glory. And everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I've come to remind somebody and tell somebody this morning that your victory is just a stone's throw away. Your victory is right there. You're on the precipice of your victory even now. I know the story that I just read. Many of us have read this story and heard it from our childhood. And we've heard the story of David and Goliath. And we've seen it illustrated time and time again. And at the time that David met Goliath out on the battlefield, several years had passed since David was anointed by Samuel the prophet. King Saul and his armies were once again fighting the Philistine people. And when David arrived, when he arrived at the Israelite camp, things began to change. You see, the Philistines, they were a warlike people who lived among the Mediterranean coast. And it was just west of Israel. The Philistines continually would raid Israelite territory. And they would try to expand their national borders to include the western hills of Israel. The Philistines had a tremendous advantage over Israel because they controlled the iron industry at the time. And most of the iron that was smelted or mined was used for weapons controlled by the Philistines. This meant that the swords and other iron weapons were often in short supply in Israel. During this particular encounter that we read about, the Philistines appeared to have another advantage over Israel. They had a giant. Goliath was over nine feet tall. Not only was he huge, but the armor that Goliath wore protected him from most harm. This is truly a story of contrast. Goliath was an experienced warrior. David was a shepherd. Goliath was huge, David was small. The giant wore armor, but the boy refused to wear armor. The warrior carried a sword, a spear, and a shield. The shepherd only carried a staff, a sling, and five smooth stones. Goliath scoffed at the God of Israel, but David trusted the God of his father's. And when the dust settled on the battlefield that day, it was apparent, it was very apparent to all that the superhuman strength of the giant Goliath could not compare to the supernatural strength that God had given David. Amen. That strength was not an advantage over the mighty, all-powerful God of Israel. Come on, that same God is in this house this morning. I've come to remind somebody this morning that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. But all God is looking for you to do is somebody to get that sling and to do your part. And then God will do His part because He will guide that stone to the giant and He will take the giant out in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Psalms 108 and 13 says, Through God we shall do valiantly for he it is that shall tread down our enemies come on in the name of jesus god has put something inside of you he's put a power inside of you if you have the holy ghost in you you have a power to be a valiant warrior you have the power you are a mighty woman or a mighty god a mighty person sorry a valor you have it inside of you and god shall tread down Your enemies. When we do our part, God stands up and he does his part. I know we've heard it many times over this pulpit lately. The enemy has been trying overtime on us, trying to make people feel that the trial, the sickness, the situation that you're going through, the family problem that's going on, that it's not going to end and there's no end in sight to it. He'd like you to believe that the state that you are in currently will never change but through the eyes of faith somebody needs to look through the eyes of faith this morning through the eyes of faith on the other hand uh, i believe god is and has been telling somebody already that your victory is just a stone's throw away god is ready to give you victory in your life Uh, god is ready to give your children victory in their lives Uh, god is ready to do something mighty and miraculous uh, for you I believe it so strong this morning. Just as Goliath was trying to wear down the Israelites, the people of God, by verbally attacking them day and night with threatenings, as he's done to some of you. The enemy of your soul, the devil, has been yapping in your ear and trying to give threatenings to you. He's trying to wear some of you down. To keep you from the mission that God has called you to accomplish. He knows if he can keep you suppressed. He knows if he can keep you pushed down. That it will not only affect you, but it will have an effect on an entire nation. It will have an effect on the people that you love and care about. And John 10 and 10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's why he's come. That's his only purpose. He's trying to steal, to kill, and to destroy everything that he can to keep you from experiencing what he's already once experienced, the glory of God. That's his intent. That's what he's trying to do. But let me tell you, Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. God doesn't want you walking around in fear. God does not want you walking around with your head uh, furrowing the ground as you go. But God wants you to realize uh, there's life. And it's not just going to be just a simple life. Uh, but God is going to give you abundant life. Not just heavenly. But here, God's going to give you abundant life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many times have we heard... That the devil will just act like a schoolyard bully. And that he'll push you around. Come on. If you allow it, that's who he is. and That's what he'll try to do. But you have to stand up. Come on, we got to stand up. We cannot allow him to push us around any longer. And how do we stand up? We stand up through the spirit. We stand up by prayer. We stand up by fasting. We stand up by doing the things that God has called us to do. We stand up. We say, devil, you're not pushing us around anymore. I'm putting myself in a place where God can use me greater than he ever has used me before. I'm putting myself in a place where I can grab those five stones and I pick one of them out. And I begin to swing it. And with just one, it takes the enemy out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Goliath had earthly power, but he didn't have any heavenly power. You have heavenly power on your side. Oh, hallelujah. James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How many have heard that scripture a time or two? The first step in having power to resist the devil is submission to God. We've got to be submitted to his will, submitted to his plan, submitted to his purpose. God, not what I want. How many times have we prayed that? God, not what I want, but what you want for my life. But it has to be more than just a prayer. It's got to be a lifestyle and say, God, more than anything, I submit myself to your will, to your plan and to your purpose submitted in every area of our lives. Part of that submission is being submitted to the man of God that God has placed in your life. Everyone wants the power to resist the devil. But not everyone wants to follow the process that God has given. Come on. Many want the anointing of the man of God. They want that in their own lives. But some, only some are willing to follow the process. Someone said, the anointing you respect can be the anointing you receive. The anointing you respect can be the anointing you receive. In Acts chapter 19, special miracles were wrought by the hands of Paul. And people were seeing all these crazy, amazing miracles that God was doing. Demons were being cast out. And all this stuff was happening and God was doing the miraculous in the mighty way by healing people. But we also read in that same story in Acts chapter 19 that there were seven sons of Skeva, one who undoubtedly witnessed Paul casting out demons they undoubtedly saw Paul do these miracles they figured it couldn't be that hard man if Paul can do it I can do it too they figured let's give it a whirl and we see they said to a man who had evil spirits, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. They weren't saying it for themselves. They weren't saying, my God is going to deliver you right now. We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. And in Acts 19 and 15, we read how the evil spirits responded. The evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? In other words, you have no power over me. Amen. And then we see the the outcome of that story in verse 16. And the man in whom the evil spirits was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Notice that it was the people that were praying that fled and not the enemy that were fled. He's not the one that was resisted and took off running the other way. Because it was done incorrectly. Amen. The seven sons of Sceva wanted the authority without the process. They wanted the power that Paul had without the dedication and the submission. Come on. On the opposite side of the spectrum, we can look at Elijah and Elisha. Elijah. Sorry, Elisha was a servant to Elijah. Elisha was willing to sacrifice and not leave the side of the man of God. He was willing to serve the man of God. And because of that we see in 2 Kings 2 and 9 that Elijah said to Elisha. Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said I pray thee let, it, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And we see that Elisha didn't take the easy route. Elisha didn't try to go the easy way. He was there when Elijah was caught up by a world went into heaven. He was standing close enough that in verse 13 of the same chapter we see, he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. And scripture records that Elisha experienced twice as many miracles as Elijah did. Elisha listened to the man of God. And because of that, uh, he received a double portion. Amen. We must have a submitted spirit in order to be victorious in the kingdom of God. The Bible, that's why we just read, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You want to see the devil flee a thousand different ways? You want to see him run and tuck his tail? Submit yourself before God. Submit yourself under the authority that God has placed in your life and watch God make that enemy run. You're not going to get beat up, but the enemy's going to get beat up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today we must make up in our minds that once and for all, we're going to face the giant. We need to make that decision today that we're going to fight the giant. We're not going to let the giant push us around and tell us how it's going to be anymore. It's simple. But if you refuse to fight the giant, you'll never beat the giant. And when Brother Trey Cornwell was here, he said something that was so simple but yet so true. It was a great reminder. He said, if you're fighting a battle, it means you've not lost. How many are fighting a battle? I got good news for you this morning. Uh, You have not lost. Uh, Keep fighting. uh, Keep standing. uh, Keep wielding. uh, Amen. In Jesus' name, uh, pick up the sword of the spirit. uh, Come on, pick up that stone this morning uh, and sling it at the devil because you have not lost. Uh, That's why you're fighting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I want to remind somebody again this morning and today that you have not lost, but you've got to pick up the stone and you've got to throw it at the giant you've got to do it I don't know what your giant is Uh, you might be uh, be, uh, facing a financial giant you may be fighting a giant of sickness there may be pain in your body this morning I don't know maybe it's a giant of fear a giant of discouragement maybe it's a giant of addiction I don't know what giant you have this morning but I do know that Jesus the God of glory the giant killer the giant slayer he is in this place this morning. I've already felt His presence and many of you have already. God is ready to give somebody victory today in this house. God is ready to give somebody victory as you let that stone fly one more time again in faith. You are one stone throw away from victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The enemy of your soul Lord has said he would like to keep you focused upon your problems and distracted by your problems. He'd love for you to be absorbed in that, in your focus to be there. Because he does not want you to fulfill your God-given purpose. The fact is, we all have problems in life. None of us are perfect. And we're going to have problems until we make it to heaven. You think you've got problems? I'm going to read something to you. Consider Brian Heiss he had more than his share of bad luck. Several years ago, in July, when his apartment in Provo, Utah, became flooded from a broken pipe in the apartment above his, the manager manager told him to go out and rent a wet-dry vacuum. And that's when Brian discovered that his car had a flat tire. He changed the tire and went inside again to phone a friend for help, but The electric shock he got from the phone so startled him that he inadvertently ripped the instrument off of the wall. Before he could leave his apartment a second time, a neighbor had to kick his door down because by now water damage had jammed it too tight to open. While on his way, uh, while all this was going on, someone stole Brian's car. But since it was almost out of gas, Brian found it just a few blocks away. He then had to push it to a gas station where he filled up the tank. That evening, Brian attended a military ceremony at the university he was attending. He injured himself severely when he somehow sat on his bayonet, which had been tossed in the front seat of his car. Doctors were able to stitch up Brian's wound, but in the meantime, Noam was able to resuscitate four of his canaries who were crushed to death from the wet, falling plaster in his apartment. He discovered their deaths after driving home and then slipping on the the wet carpet in his apartment, badly injuring his tailbone. Brian had a pretty bad day. We all have problems. We all have situations. It's just the way that life is. I would say that was a pretty bad day that Brian had. But you see, we have some examples in Scripture. David knew what it was like to have a pretty problematic day. David knew, if we read in 1 Samuel chapter 30... Start with verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were there. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. And David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and they wept until they had no more power to weep. Have you ever been there before over a situation where you just had no more power in you to weep? You just wept over something. That's a pretty bad day. And David's two wives were taken captives and, ah- and Ahano- Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Amen. Though the enemy would like you to be distracted by your circumstances, though the enemy has been lying to you and trying to drive somebody crazy with discouraging thoughts, with the what-ifs and the what-might-happens of life, May I remind you again today that facts and faith, they rarely agree. And it's time for somebody to encourage yourself in the Lord, just as David did. Because I'm here to tell you this morning, I believe in the Holy Ghost, that your victory is just as stones throw away. Hallelujah. We read in verse 6 of 1 Samuel chapter 30, where it said, David was distressed, for the people spake of stoning him. We just read that. They were talking about killing David. David. But David still encouraged himself in the Lord. Though David may have been looking at death, he still encouraged himself in the Lord. He put those thoughts of discouragement aside and said, hey, they're gonna, they gonna—they want to stone me, but I have a God who cares about me. I have a God who loves me. I'm going to encourage myself today because I know God is for me and God is not against me and I'm thankful that my God is on my side. <laughs> David chose to live in encouragement not to live in a state of encouragement. He chose to put discouragement aside. He chose to trust God. It's a choice that we make. It's a choice that we make. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9 says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. The enemy would like you to think that you are all of those things, but you are not because you have God on your side. And you are one stone's throw away from victory. First Samuel 30, the continuation of that story in verse 18, picking up there. It says, And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking in them, neither small nor great, neither sons, nor daughters, neither spoiled, nor anything that they had taken. David recovered all. And I feel in the Holy Ghost this morning for somebody in this place today, the enemy's been telling you that you're going to stay like you are. But I'm here to tell you this morning, under the power of the Holy Ghost, you are going to recover all, just as David did. Amen. Whether that means family, whether that means health, I don't know. Whatever it means, you are going to recover all, in Jesus' name. Psalms 27, 12 and 13, David said, Deliver me not over under the will of mine enemies. For false witnesses are risen up against me in such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Somebody this morning needs to see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. God has been so good to you. Although your problem may look big in your sight right now. You need to remember how good God has been to you. You need to see again. The goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. It doesn't matter what the doctor's report has said. You need to see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. It doesn't matter about that wayward child right now. You need to realize that God is working all things out. Amen. And you just need to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living God is telling someone this morning if you'll listen be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but the battle belongs to God and if you're discouraged this morning You need to reposition yourself this morning from a place of doubt and fear and put your feet back in the arena of faith and begin to fight and say, I've yet begun to fight, devil. You've come at me, but in the name of Jesus, I've got him on my side. And right now, as I let that stone go one more time, I know there's going to be victory again in Jesus' name. You've heard it many times said from this pulpit that faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is the currency of heaven. That's why the enemy is trying to push your faith down this morning. Faith is the currency of heaven. Matthew 17 and 20. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as of a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you nothing someone said faith is not what we believe or confess faith is what we do amen hallelujah i've seen firsthand that god takes my impossibilities and turns them into opportunities time and time again i've seen god show his glory and i still carry this i still have it with me in my bible i've shared this before i know Brother Stevens preached this message and I wrote this down way back then. My impossibilities. God's opportunities. And many of you remember that message. And I've seen God answer prayers. I wasn't the only one praying for this. But my first prayer that I had written down at that point in time was for my brother to stop drinking and doing other things and for him to live a holy and dedicated life to God. God is a prayer answering God. Your impossibilities are just opportunities for God to show up. I have others that are on here written, and I've changed them as time has gone on. But God is working. Some of them I won't share with you because they're personal ones. But God is working. Your impossibilities are just opportunities for God to show up. And if you'll do your part, and you'll get on your face and pray and seek God, and say, God, I believe you. God, I know that you are doing this. God, I know that you are taking that stone and you are taking that giant down in the name of Jesus. And as you do your part, God is going to do his part. I've seen God do miracles in my own life. I've seen emotional needs and physical needs being taken care of. I've seen God open blinded eyes and deaf ears. I've seen God remove tumors and all kinds of stuff different physical needs that people have had, emotional needs. I've seen God fill thousands of people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You've come too late to tell me that God doesn't work. You've come too late to tell me that God's not on the throne and that He's not in charge. Don't let the enemy discourage you. Your victory is just a stone's throw away. James 1, 6 and 7 says this. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. That's why the enemy's after your faith. That's why he's trying to push your faith down. Because he knows that if he can get you to waver just for a moment, if he can get you away to waver for a week or a month, amen, that miracle that you're looking for is not going to come to pass because God is not a liar. That's why he's attacking your faith. Don't waver in your faith. The miracle is already in process. Matthew 18 and 19 says this again I say to you. That if two of you shall agree on earth on touching anything that they shall ask. It shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Another scripture that we all probably could quote. Isaiah 53 and 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by... His stripes, we are healed. Oh, hallelujah! Whatever you came today needing in this house, God is here to help you. If you came here today needing peace in this troubled world, the God of peace is here today to touch you. It's very simple peace will come to you when you obey Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, which simply says that we must repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And you'll know that you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost just like they knew in the book of Acts when you speak with tongues. That's what will happen when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. God wants to put His peace inside of you by giving you His Spirit. Amen. Amen. I'm coming to a close here. I'm gonna, I feel to tell a story that I've told before. I'm going to tell it again this morning. But Could it be the next prayer or the next praise that propels you into victory? Could it be the next prayer or praise that you lift up to God could be what propels you into victory? Could that be the reason that you're fighting so hard right now? The enemy is trying to keep that from happening. I remember going through a very dark time in my life. And the enemy just speaking to my mind and to my heart. And making me feel depressed and down about everything. Wondering what my purpose was. Wondering why God, why me? And this whole pity party thing. And I remember feeling pretty low. And all of a sudden, you know... And all of a sudden, but I came to church, and when I came to church one night, I was sitting there just feeling really down and low at this time in my life, and the Word of God was going forth. And the preacher was preaching, it was pastor, he was preaching, and he said, you know what, there's somebody tonight, there's not going to be any music, but there's somebody tonight that's going to come down at the end of this message, and they're going to begin to praise God. They're going to begin to lift up the name of Jesus. And when you do, you're going to lay some things down on the altar And you're going to pick up some things from the altar. And you're going to dance your way to victory. And I was in a place that night where I felt like it was pretty hopeless. And I said, God, you're talking to me. You're telling me, God, there's something that I need to do in order to get my victory. And God, I believe you're God. That's who you are. I got nothing else to try. Lord, I'm going to try this. And I remember that night coming down to this side of the altar. There was no music, and I began to dance before the Lord, and I began to magnify the name of Jesus and begin to praise Him. And as I began to praise the Lord, and I remember the preacher saying, somebody's going to come here tonight, and you're going to leave this place soaked in sweat. And I remember dancing before the Lord. Right over here, I'll never forget that experience. I can go back to that moment when the enemy comes to me again. And I began to dance. I was soaked in sweat. But I remember that night that I left some things upon the altar. And boy, did I pick up some things from the altar. I remember that night that God took depression out of me and God lifted that off of my life and he put the joy of the Lord back inside of me. I remember the God the God that I serve giving me joy and peace all over again that night. I'll never forget it. But it was all because I obeyed the voice of God and I believed and faith was rising inside of my heart as the word of God went forth and I believe right now that faith has been rising in somebody's heart again as the word of God has been going forth And there's somebody that God is speaking to even right now for you to do something different, for you to do something abnormal, for you to do something you have not done yet. Maybe you've been a little discouraged and your praise hasn't been what it needs to be. But God is saying this morning, if you will reach out to me again, if you will push yourself again, I will come in kind and I will direct that stone. Let that stone fly one more time again. And if you'll respond, let me tell you, God will do the same thing for you. He is no respecter of persons. God will take depression out of your life. God will take that heavy load that you've been bearing. It's not meant for you to bear alone. But God will take it and he'll lift it up off of you. And he'll give you strength and peace and joy all over again. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. What is it? What is the giant that's been coming at you? Behold, I have spoken to you this morning, and I have sought for your attention. I have sought to get you to turn your eyes unto me, saith the Lord, and to believe me. I have called unto you, and I await your response. Don't you know that I'm able? Come unto me, saith the Lord. I am able. Hallelujah. Will Somebody respond to the Lord right now. Will Somebody respond to the Lord right now. I feel victory yes in the name of jesus every one of her children god hallelujah gonna walk in white in the name of jesus we declare it god in brother bob's family in the name of jesus god deliverance in the name of jesus and restoration in the mighty name of jesus we declare it god we believe it hallelujah. hallelujah hallelujah however god is asking you to respond maybe you just need to come to an altar right now and throw up your hands and say god all over again here i am I trust you. I'm putting my trust in you, God. I know that you've got it. I know that it's all in your hands. I know, God, that you're taking care of me. You're taking care of my family. If you need the power of the Holy Ghost inside of you today, God wants to fill you with the Spirit. God wants His Spirit to to overflow your life. All you've got to do after you repent is just begin to tell Him, God, I love you. God, I praise you. and Just begin to praise Him. Just like you would talk to somebody else as you praise him, all of a sudden you'll feel that tongue become thick in your mouth, and it doesn't matter what it sounds like. Just let it fly, let it go, and God will confirm to you that His Spirit, Amen, has come into your life. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, come on to Jesus.